Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this final episode in our series on money mindset. This month on the Power Productivity Podcast, we've been talking all about money. We've talked about earning money, receiving money, asking for money, and spending from a place of security. So today, what I'd like to talk about is investing. I've noticed that the conversation about investing is really a conversation about prioritization. It's about making conscious decisions about where to put our time and our money in order to yield long-term benefits. It's a shift really from thinking primarily tactically to thinking primarily strategically. Usually when we talk about prioritization, we think about a ranking method. We have a long list of tasks and we prioritize which one is most important compared to the other ones. In reality, what we're doing when we use this ranking method is that we're borrowing time from one thing and applying it to another thing. It becomes an exercise in juggling. So today what I'd like to talk about is instead of juggling a long list of tasks, today what I want to talk about is a prioritization method that I call the investor's mindset. And the investor's mindset is really just giving yourself emotional permission to work on things today that will matter tomorrow. Shifting from what's urgent to what's important. And even more than that, creating capacity to make those conscious decisions, creating capacity to deliberately choose how to invest your time and money. The more we consciously choose how to invest our time and money up front in advance, the more likely we are to receive a continuous return of time and money downstream. So it's super simple in theory, but it's far more challenging in application. And the reason why is that when you are already in a time crunch, you're much more likely to prioritize tasks that keep you focused on the time, on the clock. It's what researchers call the mere urgency effect. Across several studies, researchers have noticed a pattern. It seems that our attention is drawn to time-sensitive tasks over less urgent tasks, even when the less urgent task offers greater rewards. (laughs) I've definitely noticed this in my own work, in my own life. When I'm not mindful, I'll be immediately drawn to the more urgent tasks on my list. The reason why I think it's really important to understand the mere urgency effect is because when we regularly focus on the urgent over the important, we find ourselves 
working into a reactive state. This reactive state is a version of the fight or flight stress state of the nervous system. In this stress state, our brains become even more hyper-focused on the urgent items because they are perceived as threats. Our nervous system can't tell the difference between an urgent item and a threat. When everything starts to feel urgent and threatening, we start to experience this chronic stress state. We're telling ourselves that we have to get things done, that we have no choice, that it's urgent. And it perpetuates this hyper-focus on the urgent items and leads to a chronic cycle of stress. This cycle is what can eventually lead to exhaustion and burnout. So the question becomes, how do we interrupt this cycle? My favorite method is to give myself some space. Space to think about what's important to me. Space to not only think about what I am doing, but also why it is important to me. I recently scheduled an entire Saturday to get things done around the house. So in the past, what I've tried to do is I'll schedule some time in between activities on a weekend or worse, I'll just tell myself that I'll fit it in somehow. And then of course I notice it doesn't get done. Things pile up, chores pile up, clutter piles up, clutter piles up in my house and clutter piles up in my brain. So why do we do this to ourselves? I find that when I'm doing that, it's mostly because I've not paid attention to the value that I'm receiving in doing this activity. I'm feeling like it's taking my time, but it's not giving me time. However, when I switch to thinking about how much time and money I'm earning through this effort, then it's much easier to find the time for it. I've also noticed that I feel so great afterwards. I feel like I've made progress on a bunch of outstanding items and I get the additional kick of dopamine every time I look at the completed task. So back to the study on mere urgency effect. The interesting thing to note is researchers found that we're more likely to prioritize tasks with a deadline over tasks without one regardless of the long-term payoffs. This effect is more pronounced in people who would describe themselves as busy. You know those people when you ask them how they're doing and they respond, I'm busy. <laughs> when participants were reminded of the consequences of their choices, at the time of selection, they were significantly more likely to choose the important task over the urgent one. So what I take away from this is that when we can keep the long-term importance of non-urgent tasks in sight, we can overcome this urge to regularly focus on the urgent over the important. So if you're interested in giving this a try, I suggest scheduling some space in your calendar. Give yourself emotional permission to work on something today that will reap you rewards tomorrow. The best part about practicing this is that I notice the more I practice, the less urgent tasks that I have. 
as the emergency response mindset diminishes, the calmer I feel. And within that calm state, I'm much more likely to give myself more space to create even more capacity. So today I'd like to offer you a strategy, a strategy for categorizing your tasks into four separate categories that can allow you to distinguish what's important and also to help you to streamline to create more capacity. This categorization method will provide you a lens into number one, what's important, and number two, your own capacity to do the tasks. So the categories are EADC, eliminate, automate, delegate, and concentrate. If you're familiar with the Eisenhower matrix made popular by Stephen Covey, these categories will likely resonate with you. So eliminate, eliminate is the very first step because what can happen is unconsciously when we get into that reactive state, we're taking on more than we are even aware of. It's that passive yes, where we're not making a conscious decision. We're just taking more and more on. In the eliminate stage, we're giving ourselves the permission to ignore things, knowing that anything that we say no to today creates more time tomorrow. Rory Vaden has a great TED talk on this subject, and he says, anytime you say yes to one thing, you are simultaneously saying no to an infinite number of things. It's actually an unconscious no. If I find myself in resistance to saying no to another person's request or even to myself, what I'll ask myself is, how is it actually benefiting this other person or myself to say no to this request? How is it benefiting future me to say no to this urge in the moment? And that's a way of reminding myself of the long-term value of saying no to something in the moment. So that's the first category. It's the real secret to getting focused. It's eliminating. And we always put eliminate at the start because there's no point in prioritizing a bunch of tasks that are better served to be done by somebody else. Now, the next category is automate. Automate means setting up things automatically, whether in a technological system or even a habit that can actually free up time and capacity in your schedule to look at the more high value items. Now, the challenge here is giving yourself permission to invest time in automating. I know that if I have two hours free today, it won't even occur to me to use that time to automate a process or a routine. However, when I think about investing those same two hours and recognizing that I could save myself 30 minutes a month, 
I'll see the long-term value and be much more inclined to invest that two hours up front. If you find yourself in resistance to spending time automating things, you might find it useful to trace those feelings of resistance back to the source. And oftentimes what we find is that the source of that resistance is feelings of scarcity. Thoughts about how there's not enough time, there's too much to do, I can't afford to spend two hours automating this thing, whatever that thing is. So the solution to that is generating feelings of abundance. And the best way that I know how to create those feelings of abundance is to really focus on the time savings that I will experience once this automation has been realized. This applies not just to systems, but also to routines and habits. It's a matter of taking some time to invest in the automation, maintaining it, and then reaping the benefit of it downstream. The third category is delegate. So this is the category of items that are still important, but not available for automation. An example would be chores to be done around the house. Delegation is often an opportunity for someone else. I like to think of delegation as a training opportunity. I came to realize this when I was working on a team and I would often tell myself, oh, I'll just do it myself. It will take too much time to train somebody else on it or I don't want to burden somebody else who's already potentially quite busy. And I had a really candid conversation with somebody one day and they communicated to me that, you know, I feel like you're not sharing this with me and I see it as an opportunity, a training opportunity, an opportunity for me to develop some skills in this area so that I can grow. And once I had that perspective shift, that I was actually robbing this other person of an opportunity. I wasn't saving them time. I was stealing from them. It changed everything for me about delegation. So if you find yourself in a place of resistance around delegation, you can ask yourself, how is this an opportunity for somebody else? Although it might not seem that way initially, Teaching my daughter how to do chores around the house is actually serving her immensely. And the final category is around concentrate. Now there's two things, two branches that could happen at this point. So you've eliminated, you've automated, and you've delegated. And now what's left are those important things that require your time, attention, and money. Naturally, the best way to accomplish those things would be to set aside some time to concentrate. However, what can often happen at this stage is that we procrastinate. The best way that I know how to mitigate for procrastination at this stage is to either do it right away. So I'm walking through a room and I think to myself, I really should just pick that up and keep walking, that's a form of procrastination. 
the opportunity here is to just pick it up. Just put it back where it needs to be and do it in that moment. If it's something that's going to take a bit longer, my favorite way to eliminate procrastination is to schedule it. Actually put it in my calendar, reserve time for it, and give myself the space to focus and get it completed. Kind of like I did with all of those household things that were piling up. I just dedicated an entire Saturday to doing it and gave myself the space to really concentrate on it. The beautiful part about reserving time in our schedule to complete and concentrate on these tasks is that when the time arrives, we can't use competing priorities as an excuse not to do it. Now, if you've gone through all four stages and you still notice that you're not making time for these things, then you just loop back to that first stage, eliminate, and you go through the filter one more time. Eliminate, automate, delegate, concentrate. What you'll notice is that a lot of times when we're not making time to complete certain items, it's because those items were not really important to start with and they can be eliminated. So the key takeaway from this episode around the investor's mindset is the ability to create space for yourself, space for yourself to make conscious decisions, invest in yourself, in your planning and in your evaluating. At a minimum, what I like to do is I like to reserve space monthly to look at goal setting and planning and weekly for monitoring and evaluate. I reserve time at the beginning of the week for planning my time and I reserve time at the end of the week for evaluating the effectiveness of what I'm doing. Are there more opportunities to create capacity? And that's when I start using that filter, that categorization method, eliminate, automate, delegate, concentrate. The investor's mindset is giving yourself emotional permission to work on things today that will matter tomorrow. It's about reminding ourselves about the long-term payoffs when we are making those choices. Creating capacity to deliberately choose how to invest our time and our money. The more we consciously choose how to invest our time and money up front, the more likely we are to receive a continuous return of time and money downstream. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Thank you.